Good morning. Um, it is March 30th, 2023. My name is Michelle Levinson. I will be the hearing officer today. Um, this is the County of Marin Deputy Zoning Administrator hearing. We have um, two items on our agenda today. The first item is the Estero Mutual Water Company's coastal permit and CEQA exemption, which is proposed in Dillon Beach. And then the second item is the Mount Tamalpais School Use Permit and Design Review Amendment and CEQA exemption, and that is proposed in Mill Valley. I wanted to provide um, some guidance regarding public comment today. It looks like we have quite a few speaker cards, which are for item number two. Um, if you would like to provide comments um, during the public testimony portion of this hearing today, please direct all your questions and comments to me. Um, we have the following time limits for comments. The applicant um, usually goes first in the public hearing and they get about five minutes to present. They might decide to save some of their time towards the end of the public testimony portion in order to address some of the comments that come up from members of the public. If you um, would like to provide public testimony and you're representing a group, you're allowed five minutes. If you're an individual, you're allowed three minutes. Once I receive all the public comments, I'll close the hearing. And um, unfortunately, there will not be a question and answer period for each of the questions and the commenters, but I will try my best to summarize all of the comments that I've heard and respond to those comments. Um, once I close the public hearing, I might ask clarifying questions of the applicant or to other members of county staff that might be here today. I know there are some members of DPW that will be attending um, to respond to questions for item number two. Um, so that's something to expect in our hearing today. So I am going to move on to the first item on the agenda, and that is the Estero Mutual Water Company Coastal Permit and CEQA Exemption. The project site is located along Ocean View Boulevard in Dillon Beach. The assessor parcel number is 1001058. And the project involves the permanent installation of two domestic water wells and the continued operation of the wells. These wells were previously authorized under an emergency coastal permit in June 2022. The project site is already developed and contains two existing domestic wells and the associated infrastructure to support the wells. Megan Alton is the planner who has been processing this application and she's unavailable today. So Jeremy Tajirian, the county's deputy director of planning will be acting on Megan's behalf. Good morning, Jeremy. Morning. Have you received any additional correspondence since the staff report and resolution was published for this project? The only additional correspondence I'm aware of is an uh, email from Scott Miller sent to Megan, and uh, he was asking about um, the, where the uh, well, um, whether the pump water is pumped directly from Estero San Antonio. She directed him to take a look at the um, fairly extensive hydrological report that was done for the, uh, for the project, and he did, and took, and took a look at that and responded that, that his questions had been answered. I haven't heard anything else. The only comment that I would have or edit that I would suggest is at the uh, end of the um, resolution on page seven, uh, you'll notice that it doesn't have a uh, date for the uh, final date for appeal. 
Um, tomorrow is uh, Cesar Chavez Day. It's a county holiday, so that final date would be April 14th. It's a Friday. Great, thank you. And uh, I received an email from Megan this morning, and she didn't receive any additional comments regarding this application um, as well. So now I'm gonna open the public testimony portion of this hearing. And it looks like we just have um, one speaker card for item number one. Um, John Brazina is here representing Estero Mutual Water Company. If you would actually like to come to this microphone. <laughs> the only, we're being recorded and you won't be recorded <laughs> unless you go to the microphone. So if you could identify yourself, that would be great. I am John Brazina. I work for Estero Mutual Water Company. And basically, I um, came today to answer any questions that may arise about the project or the wells. Um, so if there are no questions, that's great, because we did a lot of studies. So th thank you. Great. Thank you for that. Is anybody else here to speak to item number one? I don't have any other speaker card. Looks like there is nobody else. Um, so I'll close the public hearing portion of the of this portion um, of the hearing today. And I have reviewed the um, project staff report. I've re reviewed the resolution. Um, this is a really interesting application in light of the county's new local coastal protection um, policies that relate to wells and I thought um, Megan did a really good job at analyzing the well in light of these um, new policies so um, that was great and with that I move to approve the staff resolution um, and the CEQA exemption with that change uh, that Jeremy read into the record at the beginning of that hearing of the um, item today so that would be adding the appeal date of April 14th, 2023 to section five of the staff resolution on page seven. So with that, I'm approving this application and I'm approving the CEQA exemption for this project. Thank you. Welcome. I'm gonna allow um, some time for the planners to change seats. <laughs> the planner for the next item is Manny Barraquette. You're done. Yeah. Sure. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take a quick recess right now. So it's 10 11, and I am, we'll be back in about three minutes, so at 10.14. So I'm gonna call the meeting to order. It's 10.13, we had a brief recess there. The next mm -hmm. item on the agenda is an application for a conditional use permit and design review amendment and CEQA exemption for the Mount Tamalpais School. The school is located at 100 Harvard Avenue in Mill Valley. The assessor parcel number is 051-03401. The application includes uh, the following request. 
the CUP amendment, the conditional use of conditional use permit amendment as proposed would increase the student body by 55 students for a total potential student population of 295 students. In addition, um, there's a request to extend kindergarten hours of operation from half day to regular business hours and increase the maximum number of faculty and staff by five. So from the current um, maximum of 29 to a maximum of 34. No other changes to the previously approved CUP are proposed at this time. The design review amendment that's requested by the applicant includes um, a request to remodel and construct a 950 square foot addition to the existing administration building and a new 4,300 square foot building that would accommodate five classrooms, office spaces, and bathrooms. Emmanuel Barraquet is the planner who's been processing this application. Manny, thank you for forwarding along um, some correspondence that you received after the staff report and resolution for this project was published. In particular, I received an email sent by Riley Hurd, which contained an attachment from the Southern Marin Fire Protection District. In addition, I received emails from Stanley and Judy Cooper, Sherry Benjamin, and Paul Llewellyn. Have you received any additional comments regarding the project since you sent me <laughs> those emails? No, not beyond those, but I would like to make a couple of uh, clarifications and proposed an additional condition of approval. Um, going on the project description, uh, I would like to make it clear that their staff and faculty will be increased by five, but up to a maximum of 58. So that the description is only, only limited to staff, but the school has more than faculty. They have support in staff, so the totality will be increased to 58. Let me, so that's not let, me, let me clarify that. It's not written anywhere. So. Okay, so it's really an increase of eight. Is that what I'm understanding? Six. Okay, okay. So five, five faculty and one staff. So total of six, okay. but, but up to a maximum of 58 in totality. That's not written anywhere in the, on the document. Yes, I'm confused. So currently what it says is under the conditions of project approval, increase the maximum faculty and staff by five from 29 up to 34. But that, that is technically correct, but uh -huh. that description is limited to teachers. Okay. But the school has beyond teachers. They okay. have maintenance staff, faculty, and support and staff. Okay. So the total increase is six, uh -huh. but the total number of staff present on campus from the entire services they offer will be maximum of 58. And currently it's 52. Again, on page three under key issues, uh, first paragraph references see page 19, that should be page 29 of attachment number eight. I'm sorry, can you? Um, page back, three. Can you, go back to, can you go back to the beginning of that description again? What about it? <laughs> can you repeat that again? So, so, we're, so we're clear. Mm -hmm. The increase, the proposed increase is, is in teaching staff. But I, got, I got that, but okay. then the, the, next, the next clarification. The next clarification is on page three. Okay. Under key issues, 
Okay. Uh, first paragraph, it mm -hmm. says, a documented and transportation study prepared by Prissy Transportation and Consulting, and goes on to say, uh, in parentheses, C, page 19. Mm -hmm. That should be C, page 29. Okay. Uh, that occurs twice on the same paragraph. And a new proposed condition is to reflect uh, the same change should also be on, on the resolution to say the change in staff to match the project description. Mm -hmm. And I propose a new condition of approval under number two, under CDA two. Uh, a new would be J, and it would say staff and faculty shall not exceed the maximum number of 58. Uh, and beyond, also I wanted to bring to your attention that members of the Public Works are also present in case they have any questions. Moving on now. So um, now is the time where I will open the public hearing. We have um, quite a few speaker cards here. If you're here to provide public testimony on item number two, the Mount Tam School, please fill out a blue speaker card and provide it um, to us up front. As a reminder, the applicant will be allowed five minutes to present which can be used at the beginning or towards the end of the hearing. If you could just let me know what you're um, planning to do, that would be great. Um, individuals representing groups will get five minutes. Individuals will get three minutes. So in looking through the speaker cards, it's customary that we let the applicant go first during the hearing. And that is, I believe, Andrew Davis representing the Mount Tamalpaya School. If you, um, once you get to the podium, if you could just introduce yourself yep. and um, just speak into the microphone because you are being recorded. Wonderful, thank you. My name is Andrew Davis and I am representing Mount Tamalpaya School. I am the head of school. I, we are here today to update a 67-year-old school facility as well as a 30-year-old conditional use permit. But we're really here because we want to ensure our school's long-term ability to pay teachers a meaningful long-term wage and to continue awarding meaningful financial aid going forward into our future. And we wanna do all of this while continuing to be a valuable neighborhood, neighborhood community resource and asset. Throughout the process, we've tried to be incredibly proactive with our neighbors, going door to door, sending out mailings, inviting people to an open house on campus and we have created a TDMP, or so we conducted a comprehensive traffic study, created a traffic model, wrote a comprehensive traffic demand management program that we plan to follow as good neighbors. Our whole project team is here, a sea of people, and we love to reserve any time to answer any, or to, to respond to any public comment. Thank you. Thank you so much. It looks like I have another um, speaker card here from a Carrie Hauser, but it looks, I'm, I'm a little confused about 
are you representing the school? Are you, oh, okay, okay. So, yes. So again, if you could introduce yourself and just speak into the microphone, that sure. would be great. Um, I'm Carrie Huser, uh, and um, I am a homeowner at 212 Hawthorne Avenue, which is in near proximity to the school. Um, so as a neighbor, I'm here in support of the proposed project um, by Mount Tam School. I've reviewed the proposal, um, and I believe that the school's request is really reasonable and that the modifications that they're looking to do um, are really just sort of a necessary next step um, as they look towards the future and to sort of update what's an outdated campus. Um, you know, I know all things, all institutions, schools, Marin, Mill Valley, all over, um, need to evolve over time, and to me this just seems like a way for this particular school that happens to be near my home to have a sustainable model into the future. Um, I know that Mount Tam School intends to um, use these enhancements to be able to better their financial aid program, which I think is important for any institution, and then continue to provide greater resources for their teachers. They're incredible neighbors. Um, they run a tight ship with their carpool program. Um, and really, they wouldn't want to do anything um, with any changes to the school that would you know, likely upset what they have going already. Um, so I think it's challenging to run a school. And I think that, that these changes are just something that um, makes sense for them and, and for the community around them. And, um, you know, I, I think it's wonderful living near a school and, and, you know, having them as a resource. So that's it for me. Thank you. The next speaker card is uh, completed by a Jason, looks like Ross. Hi. Uh, hello, my name is Jason Ross. I live at 401 Wellesley Court, uh, which is a few blocks from the school campus. And I'm here this morning to voice my support for the Mount Temple High School application. Uh, you know, I think our neighborhood really benefits from having the campus as a resource. Many of our families and neighbors regularly use the school's facilities. Uh, and it, you know, just makes them an integral part of our community. You know, and you, know, you live next to school, you understand that there's going to be some brief periods of the day where, where the students need to come and go from campus. But I, I honestly found it not to be that big of a deal. Uh, and I definitely don't think the increase in students will make it any worse. Uh, my experience is that the school administration effectively manages its operations during these times, uh, and it makes them you know, kind of as smooth as they can be. Uh, but with the application, at least the school is proactively implementing new strategies that will enhance its operations, you know, staggering classroom times, adding staff parking, increasing bus usage, and carpooling. You know, I think these tools will, will more than offset the modest increase uh, in, in students over the... You know, the, the, the five years I think it is to, to add these students. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, we understand that the conditional use permit hasn't been updated in a while, but, it, you know, things are different now, and, and uh, you need to... Uh, anyway, sorry. Uh, overall, I just wanted to voice my support uh, for the application uh, to add the students to allow uh, the school to thrive in the future. Thank you.
So this is the last uh, speaker card I have for this item, and that is from Asara Ehart. Hopefully I didn't mispronounce your name. <laughs> um, so again, my name is Sarah Ehart. Um, I live directly next to, up from the school at 125 Stanford Avenue. Um, and for 10, over 10 years, the MTS campus has been a treasured part of our neighborhood um, for, for my family and myself, for our whole neighborhood. We enjoy using the campus and um, the Grove right down there on Harvard um, on a regular basis. Um, to me, MTS is a, it's a model for how schools should interact within a residential neighborhood. Um, they proactively manage the morning and afternoon flow to and from campus to ensure parents are respecting the neighbors. Um, it's, on a, it's never been an issue. The school staff is accessible and responsive to neighborhood feedback. Uh, and I have no doubt that the phased enrollment and campus improvements will be thoughtfully managed by the school. Um, that's clear from their commitment to staggering um, the start times for upper and lower classes. And I know that this is a big shift for a school, but the fact that they're willing to implement this strategy demonstrates their approach to minimizing any impacts on, on the neighborhood. Um, and again, operating a, a school within a neighborhood, especially a neighborhood with narrow streets, is a delicate balancing act, but MTS has clearly shown that they know how to do it and do it well. So I just ask that you approve this application. Thank you. Thank you. So that is the last speaker card I have. So if you would like to speak to item number two, please come and fill out a speaker card. It doesn't look like there are any additional speakers. So I was planning to provide the applicant with time after to respond. I don't know if that's necessary. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> you have the time. I, wonderful. Um, I, this is my first time doing this, so I never knew what this experience would be hearing from three folks who are speaking in support. Um, I have to tell you, I have... Uh, I came to the school. This is my seventh year running the school, took over from really failed leadership, and I'm a neighbor. I live across the street from the school, and over those seven years, I and the school have worked incredibly hard to change our relationship with the neighborhood. Um, as I said, I'm a neighbor. I have two kids. I've gotten to know folks, and people have felt really comfortable coming forward and speaking with me about issues, and we've been really responsive and proactive. I'm just like really heartened to see support come out from that. Um, as I referenced in my opening, we have written a TDMP, and while I understand the county does not plan on having that be a condition of approval, I want to know and have on the record that we are going to follow that plan. We're doing that because we want to be good neighbors for a long time to come. That's why we're doing this project, is to be a school that can be sustainable for our next 45 years, um, and we, and we uh, want to be the great neighbors. So um, thank you, and uh, I guess I don't get to speak anymore, which I do plenty in my life, so I will, I will take a seat. Thank I you. I might call you up again, but that's okay. All right, fine. <laughs> did, did you, can you fill out a blue card? 
Let me pronounce my name. <laughs> my first name's John, and my last name is Kern Sitch, but I need a vowel. <laughs> anyway, um, I've lived in, in the neighborhood for over 40 years. Uh, my three daughters, who are all grown, went to the school. Um, I own several rental properties in the vicinity, and the attraction to the tenants that come there is the fact that the school's there, they would have small children, they could use the facilities after school, so it's a real plus for a person like me who has, you know, rental properties because it attracts good people and it also attracts people who can afford the rent in the area, so they're mainly professionals. But one of the issues that I think has never been addressed is that some of the roads are not county maintained. And there are certain feeder roads that come into the school. There's Wellesley, there's Stanford, and California, and Harvard. Harvard is county maintained. Wellesley is not. So at Wellesley and Peralta, near my home, there's some very big pits because of the traffic coming through, some of it to the school, admittedly, but some for the you know, people that live in the area. And then at uh, the corner of Stanford and Wellesley, right near the schoolyard, there's a huge hole there now because the road's deteriorated. So I think what I'm saying is <clears throat> that the roads that are not county maintained are maintained by the people that live there. And about 10 years ago, or 15, uh, my wife and I got all the neighbors together and had all the roads paved and we all chipped in. But we're now, in a, in a sense, on the roads that aren't county maintained, we're maintaining the roads for the benefit of a private school that is not participating in helping us maintain the roads. So I just wanted to bring this up because I don't think it was in any of the literature that I read. And so that, I think, should be looked at, and maybe there should be some type of an agreement where, where the school participates with the neighbors, at least for the roads that are not county-maintained, in, in order to keep the, you know, the, the surfaces usable. Because right now, <clears throat> if you have a low car and you're going down to uh, Highway 1 and you're going down Wellesley, you really have to kind of slow down on the, on the roads. And the people that live right across from the damaged road, they, they don't want to repair it. So it's a problem. Anyway, thank you. You. Hi. Did you want to? I will briefly respond and say I agree that unpaved roads are, or that the holes are an issue as a neighbor who uh, drives there on the weekends. And in fact, we are really active partners and would love to partner with neighbors 
our school is adjacent to a section of California Avenue that is not paved, and we're currently um, working with our neighbors. Uh, we have budgeted upwards of 50K for the summer to be repaving a section of road. So we would love to be participating with our neighbors in this. Um, and that's really the part about being good neighbors that I spoke to earlier, is we want to be in partnership on topics like this. Thank you. So with that, there's no other public comments. I'm going to close the public hearing portion um, of, the, of the hearing today. So um, at this point, I'm, I'm going to ask some questions um, to try to address really some of the concerns that were raised in the emails that were sent. I know in speaking with the planner, uh, Manny, there are about 60 pieces of public comment that were received for this project, a lot in support, um, but a lot that raised some concerns. Um, so I first just wanted to establish that this school has been operating this site for about over 40 years, it, it appeared to me in reading the background materials. Um, and I do understand um, that currently um, the applicant is implementing traffic control measures. And I just had some questions of the applicant about that process. If you can come answer those. Someone who is at drop-off and pick-up every morning, I know this <laughs> intimately. So, um, when I read through the materials, yep. I noticed that there is a there is a route yep. that is provided to the parents and caregivers yes. as to how to access the school. So how are the caregivers and parents notified of that route? And how do you ensure that that route? Yep. So one, uh, it's in our parent student handbook. It is something that parents sign off on every single year. Uh, and then... I'd say the most effective way is that the only people who come up Harvard Ave, which unfortunately Google Maps sends people up, and there's nothing. I've called Larry and Sergey, and they haven't gotten back to me. Uh, that who come up that way, we only have I think it's three people. We give them a different color name placard, and that's because their houses are right there. They are neighbors of the school, um, and so as part of our um, staffing for our traffic control that we run. I, the people, the staff members who run that traffic control, let me know if they see one of our families going the wrong way, and I call them, not uh, one of the school secretaries. I call them and say, this isn't what we do. And uh, it's pretty effective when the head of school gives them a call about something like this. They start going the right way. Okay. Um, I also read about shuttles. Yep. So it looks like there is shuttles for staff. So uh, currently we have shuttles for uh, students. Uh -huh. So we run two buses that come from San Francisco. About 20% of our student population comes from San Francisco. We have a shuttle that loops through Mill Valley and then brings students up. And then we have a shuttle that, um, two other Marin shuttles that bring students to keep cars off the neighborhood streets. Um, and then as part of our TDMP and our commitment to while we are looking to increase our staff numbers, we don't want to impact the neighborhood. And while we have um, 
really you know, looked at moving some storage units and creating five new parking places on campus, we are committed to um, parking those additional people. Okay, so, so the shuttle service is for students? Currently the shuttle service is for students and shuttle service is one of the uh, tools that we may use as we look, you know, with probably the first being looking for and incentivizing faculty carpooling, things mm -hmm. like that. Okay. Um, that was a question for me, yep. was that incentivizing piece? Yeah. Because in reading through the materials, it appeared that you had, there was a fee for families to yep. be able to use that shuttle service. I'm wondering if in this increase in student enrollment, there might yep. be more opportunities to subsidize that. Yeah, so currently we heavily subsidize the uh, bus. Our CFO, who's over my shoulder, is probably chuckling at that because it is painful how much money we spend on busing a year. Um, and for students who receive financial aid, we do not charge them to ride the bus, so we want to make sure that that is not a limiting factor. As we look to increase shuttle service, if price is the limiting factor, we will absolutely lower the price. Thank you so much. That, yeah, of course. That's, that's the right. questions I had. I'll be close by. <laughs> Thank you. So the next questions I have are from our Department of Public Works staff. So we have several people here today um, that have been working on this application. Um, and I know several of them have visited the site during drop-off and pickup. And um, I don't know which one of you wants to speak to what you've observed during those times. If you'll identify yourself before you speak. Good morning, uh, Stuart Hare, um, Public Works, uh, Principal Engineer uh, for the Land Development Division. I've gone out there about three times. Um, the observations that I've made, um, and I actually sat there for about an hour um, during um, one of the afternoon pickups. Um, I found the traffic control was very effective. The traffic monitors actually did a really good job, and um, they were communicating with each other. Um, during the morning commute, it's my understanding, on occasion you may have a backup into the five-legged intersection. My recommendation is if you don't, if you're only using true traffic monitors, maybe have a third at the intersection so they can communicate back and forth. I did go out during um, midday uh, several times just to observe uh, what parking's being used on the street. Um, and I drove Wellesley, a couple of the side streets, California, uh, and Harvard. Um, at the times I went out, there was parking available. Uh, on one of the pickup days, California was, they, there was parking on California. Um, but otherwise, I just found that traffic control, uh, they did a good job, uh, based on my observations. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Stuart. Next, um, I had some questions and I reached out to our, um, to John Neville, who is in our traffic division. Good morning, John Neville from uh, DPW Traffic, civil engineer. Um, you asked me about accident history around the school. I did a 10-year search. We have uh, the records from the California Highway Patrol for all accidents on county roads. In the past 10 years, there have been several minor accidents on Harvard. 
Um, none of them could be directly related to the school. They were, there were two hit and runs, which were middle of the day, so, and away from the frontage of the school. They were more like uh, near 150 Harvard as opposed to 100 Harvard. And so it would be hard to uh, attribute that to the either pickup drop off or traffic impacts of the school. And so I would say that Harvard Avenue does not have an above average accident history and it's hard to ascribe any of the uh, accidents to the school. Thank you. All right, so now I'm gonna summarize the concerns that were raised in the emails and they really related to construction related traffic, um, safety as it relates to wildfire, development impacts, um, for example, drainage stability, and of course, traffic. So as far as um, construction impacts, um, that's during construction and just development of the project, I do see that our Department of Public Works is requiring several um, plans and reports prior to issuance of a building permit should the application be approved. Um, this includes a construction management plan, which would um, come up with a plan and provisions for managing construction traffic, um, construction-related parking, um, and that would be throughout construction activities. Um, such a plan would need to be reviewed and approved by the Department of Public Works prior to the issuance of a building permit. Um, the second, there are detailed grading and drainage plans that are gonna be required for this project prior to the issuance of a building permit. And in doing so, um, the project would be required to comply with the county's requirements. Um, this includes identifying proper drainage features and such. Um, all plans submitted for the project improvements um, must be reviewed and approved by a soils engineer, um, which certifies that the recommendations um, of the engineer have been incorporated into the project. So those are things um, our Department of Public Works has indicated they're gonna require prior to building permit issuance. And now I wanted to address school-related traffic. So as um, indicated in the staff report and resolution, and as um, Andrew indicated as well, there is a traffic demand management plan that was prepared for this project. Um, the county currently cannot require those measures that are proposed in that plan as part of this approval. Therefore, in considering this amendment request, I thought it was really, really important to understand how the school is currently addressing traffic related to their operations. So um, I know, as Stuart said, um, several members of DPW have been out to the site and um, observed pick up and drop off. I actually went to the site yesterday afternoon and I observed drop off and um, I thought the school was doing a good job in implementing that traffic control. Um, the, part, <laughs> the cars that were parked, I believe along Harvard um, where there's restricted parking correlating to the time of um, school drop-off and pickup were um, being moved, um, traffic was being directed, 
Um, so I thought they were implementing the current measures well, and there's nothing um, for me to believe they won't continue to do that with um, this with this amendment as well. Um, let's see here. As um, Mr. Neville said, I had reached out to him last night about any accident history in the neighborhood. Um, and so as he indicated, um, any rates are very low and can't really directly be attributed to the school. Um, I did notice yesterday um, when I drove through the school site that there was some parking that was occurring that was not happening in designated parking areas. Um, so um, that is something that is um, important and um, that I will expand upon in some modifications to one of the project conditions of approval in the resolution. Um, but in conclusion, um, based on these factors, I move to approve this application. Yes? Then I would also like to put a condition, I'll modify condition 3A, I, I neglected to mention that, um, where it says that the site plan shall be modified to provide all required on-site parking spaces, mm -hmm. period. Alternatively, the applicants shall seek and seek and obtain an exception from DPW. So add a sentence to say, the applicants shall seek and obtain an exception from DPW to comply with the DPW code. Okay, I'm gonna address that in a second. <laughs> okay, um, so, um, Based on um, the testimony I've heard today, um, what I've experienced myself out at the site, um, I move to approve the application for the use permit amendment and the design review amendment, as well as this CEQA exemption, subject to the conditions contained in the staff resolution. Um, so there's a, there's a couple of clarifications that have been discussed here today, and I wanted to be clear about what those were. So at the opening of our item today, Manny requested that we add an additional item J to section two under CDA planning division one. And that was to reflect um, the maximum staff and faculty um, limit of 68 total. 58. Of 58 total. <laughs> So again, I, I move to modify the staff resolution to add an item J to indicate staff and faculty, faculty shall not exceed a maximum of 58 total. Um, in addition, Manny, um, I propose a slight different take on your modification to the special condition regarding parking. And so that is under um, section three, item three, and it would be 3A. And so I understand that under DPW's code, there are provisions for applying for an exception, um, but ultimately 
um, the language I'm proposing will require the applicant to comply with DPD, DPW's parking requirements. And that would include an exception if they qualify. Um, so a, my um, proposal is that the condition be changed to read the following. The project plans shall be modified to provide all on-site parking spaces as required by the Department of Public Works. And so that would cover if there was an exception granted, if they met the, those exception requirements. Basically, the parking has to comply with the Department of Public Works requirements. So with that, um, I would like to wrap up um, this item here today um, with those modifications to the staff resolution. So again, I'm moving to approve the application and the CEQA exemption. Um, there is an appeal period associated with my decision today. So if you do not agree with my decision or um, changes to the staff resolution, there is an eight business day appeal period. Um, you can contact Manny for instructions and process for the appeal period. And as Jeremy noted, for the item number one, Friday is a holiday. So do not, that will not be included in our determination of that eight business days. And um, we're going to conclude the meeting here at um, 10.52. I really appreciate you all coming out and being part of our process here today. Thank you.